Welcome to the PT Marketing Power Hour, highlighting successful marketing strategies from the North America's fastest growing clinics so you can learn from their wins and power your practice growth. Today, we'll introduce you to a practice owner in Harahan, Louisiana, who has profitably integrated telehealth as a service in their clinic. She has some great tips for us. If you have thought about adding additional service offerings to to boost profit, you're going to want to hear this, so stick around. At the end, we'll give you a free guide to marketing telehealth, whether you have just started or you're looking to improve it. And don't forget to subscribe where you get your podcasts or check out full episodes on our Practice Promotions YouTube channel. Now, here's your host, physical therapist, former practice owner, and PT marketing expert, Neil Trickett. Welcome to the PT Power Marketing Hour, bringing you the latest tips and strategies to power your practice growth. I'm your host, Neil Trickett, and today I have the pleasure of introducing Beth Winkler here from Magnolia Physical Therapy in New Orleans. And uh, Beth and I uh, have known each other for a very long time. She is an amazing practice owner, business entrepreneur. Uh, So welcome, Beth. Great to have you on the show here. Hi, Neil. Excellent. Great. And so, uh, uh, Beth, we go back quite a ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we first met, what, 15 years ago, about 15 years ago at a, yeah. uh, Measurable Solutions, our consulting firm. That's right. Yeah. So uh, being, a, a, I think, both young practice owners at the time, uh, we learned a lot together uh, of business training, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. And so, uh, Beth, can you tell our audience a little bit about your practice? So we are located in New Orleans, Louisiana. And our practice, uh, I have a business partner, Lisa Taglauer, and we opened July 1st of 2005. And I don't know if most New Orleanians know the, know the date of August 29th, but August 29th of that same year, the next month was Hurricane Katrina. So we opened our practice uh, just about a month or two before the storm. Uh, and people always ask me, you know, even right after the storm, but to this day, you know, how did you fare during Hurricane Katrina? And I said, well, we really... We really didn't have any business to begin with, and we had a few patients, but um, I think the recovery uh, was much easier, honestly, you know, um, because we didn't have, we didn't have staff to, ma- to manage and, you know, uh, deal with that aspect of, you know, having them be laid off or not being paid or, you know, that's a, that's a whole different ballgame there. Yeah, it is. That's unbelievable. And so right now, like, how many locations do you guys have? You built it up quite a bit. Yeah, so... Uh, when we first started, I think the, throughout the first year, we were seeing maybe about 40, 40 to 55 patient visits a week. Uh-huh. And uh, now we have five locations. And uh, yeah, we have grown throughout, throughout the city. So we have three clinics in the New Orleans area, one in the Elmwood area, and then on the West Bank as well. So just five across the metropolitan area. So, and we're seeing a close to... 950 patient visits a week. Well, before this, the, our COVID-19 happened. <laughs> gotcha. So you went from about 40 or 50 patient visits per week up to almost a thousand. Is that right? Yeah. That's amazing. That's, a, that's really amazing there. And so, so what do you really love about, you know, your practice and, and the work that you've done all over these years? I think, you know, initially 
and it, it still is all about the patients, right? You know, I had, I had my patient caseload and as the practice grew, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to treat a full patient caseload and run the practice. So I transitioned out of patient care, which was a really tough transition as I know, you know, most practice owners who do that uh, have a really tough time with that. But I think uh, my focus really shifted to working with our employees and our team members and our staff. Uh, and that they're, they're my patients now, you know, they're, they're the ones that I look to, to, you know, to help, uh, to help grow themselves and, you know, improve their abilities. And uh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So did you have like any aha moments when you realized that you, because of the evolution of your business, right. From going from just a few people to, to manage to now tens of people to manage, like, was there any moment that you kind of, Oh, wow. I really have to like change my game here. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that was when we opened the second practice because I couldn't, even if I was treating in one location, I could see what was going on and I could still have contact with other people, but only started to add additional locations. It's like, okay, I really need to make sure that I'm over there and, and, you know, making sure that these therapists were, um, were skilled enough. So I knew that I couldn't be treating patients full time because I needed to work with them to improve, improve their skills. Mm -hmm. So that's what helped me make that transition. I'm like, look, if I can, if I can mentor these therapists, I can make a greater impact. You know, if I have five therapists I'm mentoring and they see this many patients a week and help them, then, you know, that's kind of how I, that's how I told it to myself anyway, because <laughs> getting out of patient care was really, really tough. Yeah. So, so it was a challenge, right? Like probably mentally for you to, to kind of, yeah, and I, you know, not, not just from, not just from patients, but even friends of mine and family members are like, you have a gift. You like, why are you giving this up? You know? And it's just, it was a real uh, struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's, good now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Learned a lot there. Awesome. And so obviously we're going, we're going through a, a crazy time right here uh, and it's, it's having huge impacts across uh, the rehab industry, all industries here. And so, um, so how has the current crisis affected your practice? I think what we've, what we've really been noticing is um, just the team that we have and how, how off everybody's really coming together. I mean, you know, we're just getting a lot closer and I think we're all growing through this. And, you know, I think there are some, some team members that are, that are having a more difficult time than others. And, you know, we've, you know, we've had to lay off a few people and it's, mm -hmm. that's the really crappy part about it, you know, and, but it's really given us uh, time to focus on, you know, just improving what we have already you know, it's given me time to say, okay, well, how can we, how can we make this more efficient? How can we improve with this? And, um, you know, we've got that defensive mode where we're, you know, trying to, you know, deal with what the packages are and figure out all of the loans and all of that part, but also the offense. It's like, okay, how are we going to come out of this stronger than before? So that's really where my head is. And it's, it's a good place to be because you're not so at effect of everything. Right. You know, so I have to make part of my day more than 50% of my day that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you've kind of um, changed and kind of gone with the attitude of like, what can I do to, to using this time, right. To, to pivot and work on things within the business. Is that right? right. Yeah. 
So uh, in terms of some of the core strategies that you've done to pivot during this time, what's some of the like marketing and, and messaging changes that you've had to make? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the things we really are focusing on not doing is selling, you know, like this, this is, this is a time to give patients and the community just information and help and hope. So, you know, how can we help you and then give them hope that there is a positive on the other side, right? So that really has changed our strategy. It's like, okay, what can we do to give people information that can help them if they're having back pain at home, but they can't make it into their physical therapy visits. And not only that, you know, our, our um, physician rep, you know, our marketing director, she um, has been calling a lot of the, all of her doctors, like the top 50, you know, it's, um, and we've been asking the, these four questions, you know, like what, um, how are you, what's going on in your business or industry? Um, how are we doing, you know, where it's appropriate if it's a physician's office and they're sending us patients and that we want to know what's going on there. And then what can we do to help? So, um, and she, you know, we had one office and she said, well, there's what we need that you can't help us with. And Kelly's like, well, what is that? And she said, well, we need masks. She goes, well, we have masks. Well, I'm going to bring some over to you, right? There were pain, um, chronic pain clinic and, uh, they had patients to see who were suffering and needed medication. And, um, so that was really, that was really nice to be able to, to help them without expecting anything in return, you know? Right. So it's kind of shifted that let's just outflow and outflow, but what can we do to, to help and provide hope? That's an amazing way to pivot. I mean, you just hear of like, you know, I've done many of visits to doctors and I'm sure you have too. And it's always been the mindset of like, let me make a rapport and then let me just try to get referrals out of it. Right. Where, where this you're actually caring and showing like how you can help them. That's, that's a great way of thinking um, to develop. Yeah, I know I've, yeah, I'm getting things in my email, like, um, you know, about new software and new this. And I'm like, that is the last thing that I want to see right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's just totally turned me off. So that I'm like, okay, well, if, if I don't want to see that, I know other people don't want to see that. So I'm trying to figure out how to shift to that. And, and tell me a little bit about some of your uh, kind of output um, on like Facebook and things that you're having your team like help to do to, to get the word out. Yeah. So we have, um, we have some therapists now that are working and not seeing a full caseload. So, you know, it's like, let's utilize their knowledge and their experience to help people who are at home and can't come in. So we have all of our therapists doing um, videos about different uh, parts of the body that are, you know, in discomfort or whatever, you know, and exercises that can help. Uh, We have one of our directors, uh, Dr. Quirk, who is doing a daily uh, Facebook live exercise class. So Lisa, my business partner, you know, she's like, people are going to be deep and they, you know, a lot of them can't even go outside right now. So what can we do to keep people active? So I've been doing the class. It's been great. Um, I'm going to be, yeah, she's going to be really buff at the doing half hour every day of this class. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just, just putting out information out there that's going to, you know, that's going to help people. So we have a, a, that noon Facebook live that we do. And then at 3.30, it's a health and well-being series that we have a video, a short one of one of our doctors of physical therapy talking about um, one or two exercises to help with specific conditions. Oh man, way to, way to outflow. And that's, that's incredible. And, and just the relationship building and maintaining that's happening because they can't come in the clinic, right. Uh, for, for certain people. And, but you're still able to be in front of them at home and, and probably 
maybe they're even passing that along to friends and family, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, within the clinic itself, you, you have some of the clinics uh, open, right? Um, and so what's some of the clinic strategies that you've had to pivot or change during this time? So we actually consolidated two clinics together that were fairly close to one another. Um, and, you know, we also have, you know, a, a smaller workforce right now, you know, not, not just a few people, unfortunately, that we had to lay off for the time being, but uh, therapists who, um, and also, you know, techs or receptionists that have young children at home and don't have anyone to care for them. So they're choosing to be at home because they don't have a choice, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they're immunosuppressed and they can't be, uh, they can't be in the clinic. So our workforce has decreased um, actively in the clinics as well. So, um, you know, kind of balance that among everything. So right now we have about a third of the patients coming into the clinic. And, and honestly, I struggled with that. I really struggled with staying open or not. And, uh, you know, my uh, partners and I disagreed, but um, I, the further it came along and the, fur, you know, the more information we got about um, Homeland Security, you know, coming out saying physical therapy is an essential, um, is an essential part of, you know, mitigating this, you know, like patients not uh, go, having to go into the emergency room or the doctor's offices for pain medications or, you know, if a patient has poor balance and they're falling and they're breaking hips and, you know, so we have, a, we have a, that are seeing patients in the clinic. Uh, with, you know, those types of diagnoses where patients, if they really wait a month or two, they're going to be much worse off and could right. be, you know, could potentially be uh, surgical candidates and things like that. And then the, the rest of uh, the patients, um, we have a few that are uh, seeing, seeing patients in, via telehealth. So that's obviously something that's very new. So it's new to our therapists. It's also new to patients. We're a very manual therapy focused clinic. So you know, patients want their, you know, our hands on them, which I don't, I don't blame them. Right. So right. it's, it's trying to make that shift a little bit to, um, you know, we can provide value for you via the screen. Um, ideally an inpatient visit would be best, Yeah. but you know, what value, you know, figuring out the, the maximum value we can provide to patients on the screen. Yeah. So Beth, uh, you brought up some really, um, key points there. We, 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 we see practice owners making these tough decisions, these struggles. Um, should I keep my clinic open to serve a minimal amount of people or should I close? And so what was your thought process to, to stay open? Yeah, it was, it was a roller coaster because I was literally, the fence is here and one day I was here, one day I was here. You know, it was just, um, and thankfully, um, I have smart business partners too, who, you know, we, we talked about it and we, and we worked it out. And, um, I think, you know, the, the, the people that we could help, uh, balanced out the people that we couldn't help if we, if we didn't, if we didn't stay open. So, and we had therapists and people to work. They really wanted to, to do the work. Now, if everybody didn't have anybody like that, right, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have made that decision. But I think it was, it, it sort of organically happened. We had therapists who really wanted to stay on, you know, maybe a third or 40%. And then we had the, that kind of same amount of patients that really wanted to still come into the clinic. So um, it sort of happened organically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's obviously a lot of different factors you have to take into consideration. And um, I think too, that you, you were t talking a little bit too about the kind of the the relationship with patients and the relationship with doctors and, and um, keeping the clinic 
open at a, at a certain capacity still fulfills that relationship. And um, I think having the foresight to, to look uh, not just for obviously the immediate uh, few weeks here, but what, what would that, what's, what's the repercussions of let's say totally closing for, for four or eight weeks out. What's, what would that happen? What would happen to the business? Right. And probably, probably took that to consideration too. Yeah. Uh, and so you, um, I think you were telling me before you, 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 you pivoted a little bit to, to, to telehealth. Can you tell me a little bit about things that you've had to do for that? Yeah, so Ron, one of our partners, he has been really spearheading that and doing an amazing job. He, um, he started looking at platforms right away. The, the, you know, the first week we were really starting to get a lot of cancellations and people self-isolating at home. And uh, we've, we've actually already switched a platform once. <laughs> so um, I, I don't even know the name of it, but so what he, what he started doing is having these daily huddles with the, ther- the clinicians who were um, seeing these patients uh, at noon. So it's like we can get their input on what their, um, what their feedback is and also their not so much objections, but like with some of the challenges that they might have. Um, and they're, you know, on the front line. So they're getting, you know, calling patients and patients like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, so it's, it's not only getting them on board to be able to um, have the knowledge to do it. Like, how do you evaluate a patient with low back pain on the screen? But also, how do you, how do you get the, the patients to realize the value of that? So I think a lot of it has to do with making sure that our therapists are being trained. You know, this is all so new. So he's got these uh, noon, you know, little huddles we're calling them. It's like, okay, what can we work on today? So I think, and this week and next week, he's working on an educational platform, whether it's like a two hour online thing that he's going to do based on some of the experience that he's had um, and including, you know, some other uh, continuing education courses in that so that we can, you know, be really have, have the best product we could have. Right. So not just the platform, that's just one component, right? The, the logistics, right? The, the training. And I think sometimes um, we forget the other aspect, which is it's very new to patients also. Right. So how do they, how do they perceive it and how do you market it and sell this alternative service for them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just getting the therapist to, you know, we, we do drills. It's like, okay, if a patient objects to it, what can you say to say to that? You know, so just giving, you know, knowledge is control, right? So um, just giving them as much knowledge as to the therapist, but also to the patient. And so for some of our audience that may not be familiar, when you say drills, that's actually taking like Ron, uh, who's leading this, and they're getting feedback from the field in terms of objections or or questions that may get from patients. And then they actually do that, uh, pretend that over and over again with a therapist, right? Yeah. So that's really, that's going above and beyond and, uh, but you're making it happen. Right. And, and so you're able to now change in this time and still have that connection with patients and obviously helping them through their misunderstandings of what it may be like. And obviously it's for a therapist uh, I've never had to do that. So I can't imagine what it would be like to, to just change in one day, the way that you treat. Right. Right. And you know, I, I like, form, you know, when I, when I'm doing my evaluation, I'm very you know, specific and some, some therapists aren't that way, you know? So I think it's really figuring out the, um, how each individual therapist practices, you know, I've got one and she's like, put them all on my schedule, you know, I'll just, we'll, I'll make it work. 
and others who are like, okay, where's my protocols? How do I, you know, how do I do this? So it's really trying to find a balance between all of that. And, you know, what'll, what'll be great though, is when we do get back to seeing our patients in clinic, if we have a patient who cancels uh, because of childcare, they can't leave their infant, at, you know, they can't bring the infant in therapy, you know, that we can provide these visits. I don't think this is going to take over, but I think it'll be a nice supplement have uh, for patients who can't come in for whatever reason or who might live too far and can't access physical therapy. So that could be another, you know, another service line. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just a great way to, uh, you know, look at what you have now then also for the future, right? So, so in terms of what, obviously we're going to get through this at some point, right? And I think we'll start to see businesses start to reopen and change just kind of based off of what we've seen before with like China and South Korea resemble a little bit of normalcy. Again, I think it's going to be quite a a lot of change in our lives. Uh, But what do you see as your strategy to recover after this crisis is over as businesses start to reopen? Yeah, I think this has really given, I work really closely with our marketing team and I think this has given us some reflection time Thanks for listening to the podcast. That's all we have for today. On our next episode, we'll get the rest of Beth's successful telehealth strategy and some other tips for your practice. If you haven't already, hop over to practicepromotions.net slash power. Listeners can get a full suite of checklists and marketing resources made for busy PT owners. Check it out today. That's practicepromotions.net slash power, and we will see you next time.